Coming to you from the breakfast taco capital of the world, it's the most unique hour of sports talk streaming worldwide. Worldwide. And beyond. And beyond. Live from the Alamo City, it's the Two Shots Podcast, hosted by Joe Garcia. Well, welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and yes, we're back after a long hiatus. What happened is, well, what happened was I got sick, so I wasn't able to record nothing. You know, even before Christmas, I was sick. Before, was it? I think I got sick on the 23rd and really started getting sick on Christmas Eve, and I've been out of it. I barely started feeling better this Monday. So that goes to show you how long the sickness was. And it was just a respiratory infection. I did not have COVID. I got checked just to be safe, came back negative, just had a respiratory infection. So sorry that we've been out. We're back. It's a new year, new episode, and we're going to be joined by none other than the OG himself, Benjamin Bornstein. Dang. I didn't know I was an OG now. Oh, this feels different. Oh, this podcast already feels different, Joe. I like this. <laughs> by the way, Disturbed would have been very cool with that because you were you definitely got down with the sickness. Yep, I sure did. I should have. Well, we can't afford that music, but it could have put a <laughs> jingle or something, you know. <laughs> We don't we don't have that kind of money. We don't have that kind of money. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have that Warner Brothers money. No, we don't. <laughs> but one thing that we're going to talk about right now and right off the bat here is we were kind of, you know, talking about the the future of the Spurs and some of the missed opportunities they had in, you know, drafting and going after free agents and stuff, uh, you know, prior to this season. But needless to say, the San Antonio Spurs did drop a game that everybody on paper had them winning against the lowly Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets beat the San Antonio Spurs 128 to 124. I mean, what does this currently tell us about the state of the team? You know, I kind of thought, okay, well, maybe they're going to be a little bit more competitive. You know, they've been showing that they've been more competitive. We've seen a little bit more growth out of the younger core. And then you start getting some key players back and this happens. What say you, Ben? This is, uh, if you're the Spurs, this is a very disheartening loss. It's definitely one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, the Rockets, I think, are a bottom three team. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I saw that, I think our own Paul Garcia said that the Spurs are now 1-12 and when they give up 120 points. And to give... To be to give up 120 points that many times already in this season is unacceptable. And I think what that tells you is that this team does not stay focused for an entire game on defense. And I would argue that they, they they'll have a great defensive quarter and then be terrible the next, but it'll be a great offensive quarter. So people don't say anything, but it's it's not good defense and and they've struggled on defense this entire year. And that might be something we talk about later with some of the draft stuff you want to talk about, um, you know, going after some guys in the off season and in drafts from previous years, but it feels like they're not always playing the right personnel on defense. They're, they're playing very small and it's not working. It's not working. You know, and, and the thing is, we look to see, okay, what is the state of the Spurs right now? Where exactly are they when it you know, comes to what's going on with them in the Western Conference? They were number 11 prior to the loss. They were probably, I think, a game, a game or a game and a half behind Portland Trailblazers. Now, because of the loss to the Houston Rockets, the San Antonio Spurs have fallen behind the Sacramento Kings, which everybody thought was another team that was pretty bad in the Western Conference. Well, the Spurs... Falling behind the Kings kind of shows you exactly where the, the team is at currently. The Sacramento Kings are now in that 11th spot. San Antonio Spurs are at 12. You know, the Rockets are still the bottom feeders at fifth. They're 15th in the Western Conference. But <clears throat> if the Spurs can't find a way to start winning some of these winnable games, you know, it's not looking good for them. You know, they're kind of falling a little bit further back from that play in game. And that's something that you don't want to do, especially before you go and hit the road for the dreaded rodeo road trip. I mean, their record isn't very good, you know, against some of these, let's say, really good teams or teams that are above 500. Yes, they can be competitive, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win the games. You know, they can beat some good teams. 
They've proven that. But there's just no consistency to this team. There's a lot of things that are going on that that kind of are head scratchers, you know. And one of those things, let's just talk about it right now. What the hell's going on with that young? You know, I mean, the Spurs, and I even told you, they paid $14,190,000 for this guy, you know, via trade. Okay, we went ahead and made a trade for with the Bulls, with DeMar DeRozan. You know, we went, we went ahead and sent him to the Bulls. Bulls send us that young and another guy. I forgot that guy's name, but he's no longer with the team because they waived him. And then they got some picks or something like that. Okay, I get that. But you're taking on that salary of almost $14.2 million in a veteran player like Thaddeus Young. And then you don't even play him and you're needing leadership, you know, veteran leadership on this team. And that doesn't transpire. There's so many DNPs, DNPs, and he's not injured. They haven't shown that they have any interest in trading him. And he's disgruntled at this point, Ben. I mean, what what's going on here? Well, I certainly wouldn't be gruntled at this point if I were him. Uh, it's, it's you know, you and I talked about this a little bit off air. So uh, peek behind the scenes for you all. But Thad Young making over 14 mil and sitting on your bench is a bad look all the way around. It doesn't make sense. You, If you are the Spurs, you don't pay a guy that much to sit on your bench and just say, ah, he's there for leadership. If you want to do that, you pay him five mil. And if you were going to pay him five mil, he wouldn't have agreed to sign with you. So you have a bit of a dilemma here if you're the Spurs. Uh, He has to be played. There's no reason not to play him. There are plenty of opportunities where he can play small ball five or, or he'll play at his normal position of four and he should be fine. He he can do anything you ask him to do. He he's not gonna he's not gonna give you some outrageous performance, but he's also not going to hurt your team. At the very worst, he is going to be even when he plays for you. You know, as far as plus minus goes, at the very worst, he's more often than not he's going to be even or plus. And to be trotting out guys that are too small to be playing power forward and saying, we're just going to run with these guys is no longer acceptable. Even if you're trying to get those guys a lot of minutes and to try and develop them, you're not trying to develop them as power forwards. You want them to be playing two or three. You don't want Keldon to be playing four. He's, he's not Chuck Hayes. You know, he's not, he's not strong. He's strong, but he's not strong. He's not Chuck Hayes strong, you know, to be playing center. So, you know, there's the part of it is yes, you should be developing these players, but at the same time, develop them in the position they're going to be playing, or, or at least on the wing where they belong. You know, not down in the post trying to trying to bang with bigger bodies. And I know Keldon Johnson is big body, but and he's not the only guy that this is happening with. I mean, Devin Vassell is playing out of position at times, so you have to you have to figure out a way to put Thad Young in the game. There's just no reason. Not to, and especially if you're not going to entertain trade offers, which I'm sure they have been getting because all I've been hearing are rumblings of, oh, yes, this team is interested in Thad Young. Oh, yes, this team would love Thad Young for a potential playoff run. Oh, yeah, yeah, Thad Thad Young would be a perfect piece on this team. Like, that's all I'm seeing. (laughs) So either either trade him in one of these proposed trades from one of these writers who is, you know, who is feeding you a trade or play him. Those, I mean, those are your two options. You cannot sit that young. He, there's, there's only so much he can take before he says, "Screw it, I'm leaking everything," or, you know, I'm I'm tired of being the consummate pro. This is not what I'm getting paid to do. I'm not getting paid to sit the bench. I need to be doing something more. Yeah, and I think like another thing that we've talked about as well, kind of off screen here before we start recording this episode is. I think one thing that really infuriates the fan base here is that there's no clear direction of what the team is wanting to do. They're not going full on tank because they are remaining competitive in some of these games. You know, it looks like they're going to go full on youth movement. Okay, cool. Do that. But they're still not where they should be, you know, and they keep losing games and they're losing close games or they're not showing a, a an effort consistently. You know, there's some nights where they look like world beaters, and then the night after that, they just shit the bed and they just come out flat. They can't hit anything. I mean, 
I don't know exactly what's going on, but I think that's the thing that infuriates the fan base the most is that there's no clear direction of where this team is going. You know, um, Wesley, we're talking about daddy is young here and how the Spurs are on the bill for almost $14.2 million uh, for Thad Young, but it's nothing, been nothing but DNPs this whole season. Doesn't really look like they're interested in trading for the guy. They're holding on to him. He's not playing. He's a veteran out there. The Spurs could use some veteran leadership on the court. Big head scratcher. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, sorry I'm late, guys. No uh, it's good to be on with you. Dare you. <laughs> Getting a heater fixed in the house there. Um, no, I think y'all are both right about that. It, it is a head scratcher because it's the same thing that happened with Damari Carroll. Do we remember that name? Oh, yeah. he brought it up, Joe. Yeah, and um, I was just talking to It's the to same thing ben that actually that. was occurring with, you know, the Marcus Aldridge when he was had a little bit of trade value left and, you know, the Spurs chose to just hold on to him and uh, just, you know, and Pop came out at the time and said, well, you know, uh, we're going to do right by LaMarcus. And, you know, I, I, I get the gentleman outlook of things, but as you said, he's out millions of dollars to do nothing. And if teams are clamoring, if that's true, I mean, if they, and I, I have no reason to doubt it, you know, he's a serviceable big, big man. Why would you not want to go trade him to somebody that, you know, maybe is not a threat to your team, but is, you know, could give you some pieces back. Cause let's be real. I, I think, I was really contemplating this the whole time we were getting ready for this afternoon uh, to come on tonight. And that, and that is just that this direction needed to happen about two years ago. And what happened was, and uh, the, the great Jeff Garcia uh, had a post from, um, I believe it was, uh, well, it was a, uh, one of the, a former player who, who had said that, uh, you know, it, that he, he was in, uh, I guess, uh, DeMar was in purgatory when he was here at the Spurs. Well, let's be honest, this has been purgatory in the Spurs fr franchise now for a couple of years. And Thad Young is part of that. It's just, you know, they don't know who or what they have. And so I, I kind of feel like this is just a gigantic experiment this season to see, throw a bunch of things against the wall, see what sticks. Obviously, DeJounte's sticks. He's an all-star caliber, caliber player. Oh, that's another but, topic we're going to get into. <laughs> but, but Joe and Ben, yeah, I no kidding. It, it, but the, you know, the, the the thing with Thad Young is, when he's been in there, he's provided scoring, he's provided leadership, he's provided toughness to the likes of which you only really get from Jakob Pertl. So why would you not utilize the guy? Or, you know, as you guys are talking about, I mean, what's what's the what's the point of holding on to something that doesn't give you thing, anything in return? Uh, and if, if it's obvious that you're waiting for something, what is it at this point? I mean, um, I, I kind of think they're, they're at a point now where, you know, the Spurs way is not to tank. And they're never going to do that on purpose, as y'all said. But it, it's either put up or shut up time at this point. You know, they're they're getting far enough down into the standings that it, I don't think they're going to make giant runs and get into the eight seed or the seven seed. And, um, you know, it, make some moves while you can before it gets too late and before people lose interest. Well, Wesley, I think that's actually the problem. They don't they don't feel the need to get into the seven or eight seed because they can get into the nine or ten seed and still get a play in and feel like they've right. succeeded, which to me is not successful, even though you you technically make the playoffs, which I also think is dumb telling people that they've made the playoffs when you really made a play in game. You're 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 barely playing on, let alone a playoff. Anyway, it's that's another discussion, but I, I, if, if you are the Spurs, I just, I truly believe you have to go all in one way or the other. You have to say, we are going to move pieces around. If that means getting rid of young guys to bring in proven players who maybe we got to pay out the wazoo, but they're going to, you know, it'll fill up their salary cap, whatever. And they, they, they're not going to be over the the tax or the luxury tax too much at some point that trigger has to be pulled or you say screw it we're open for business and we're going to take all of your picks you want to dump salary and contracts on us fine we'll take your guys but you're going to give us picks because we're facilitating for you and, which is what the thunder have been doing for three what seem what well it feels like a decade but <laughs> probably the last two or three years now 
They're the only team in the draft. They have all the picks. Right. Exactly. They have a ton of, they have, they have maybe a quarter of all of the drafts for the next five or so years. It's, I I would have to look up the stats again, but it's absolutely insane how many picks they have. And so at some point you have to say, we're doing it. We're, we're going all in and, and, you know, whether that, that if you go all in and you say, screw it, we're rebuilding. That's probably going to coincide with Popovich retiring and saying it's time, find your next coach, and you know I, I will try to leave you in a good place, and let's ride. Yeah, you know, the thing is with all this is that we have to question the Spurs front office at some point because of bad decision making. It all started with them going after LaMarcus Aldridge. That's that scenario shouldn't have happened. You know, there was no need to panic. You still had Tim Duncan here. You could have waited and really gone after somebody else in the following offseason. I think they just got desperate and they went and tried to get the biggest free agent in that particular season. You know, they, if they would have been patient and waited, maybe things would have panned out a little different for them. The same thing goes with Paul Gasol. They had Paul Gasol on the hook here. You know, the, the gentleman's agreement. They get him, they wave him, and they still ha- are left holding the bag, and they still got to pay the rest of his contract, even though he's not with the team. Same thing happened with Damari Carroll. Same thing's looking like it's going to happen with Thaddeus Young. Then we get to the draft, and the draft, and you were talking to me about this, and I want you to kind of uh, go ahead and give some of the statistics, but the Spurs have made some questionable de- questionable decisions in the NBA draft. Again, I get that if you have a higher pick, you're going to go ahead and draft best available player versus what the team needs, you know? But if you go ahead and make trades, you can get second round draft picks and you can go ahead and then at that point trade for the need of the team, you know? And Ben, you were telling us some of the players that the Spurs did not bite on that were available. I mean, go ahead and let us know. Yeah, so 2019... Uh, specifically, I'm, I won't go back too far. We'll go 2019. Uh, right after the Spurs, Matisse Thibault is drafted, a guy that a lot of Spurs fans really like. Another guy they really like, Brandon Clark, right after him. He's been a nice player for the Grizzlies. And obviously, Thibault has been very good for the 76ers, and his three-point shot has come along. Uh, I think we can all agree that Keldon Johnson at 29 was the right call and, frankly, was a steal. If anything, he should have been the guy you got at 19. But having said that, there's not really a whole lot of guys afterwards that come to mind. Potentially Daniel Gafford, who was picked 38 overall. Maybe you take that with the 29th pick if you if the Spurs had initially picked Keldon Johnson at 19 like we thought they might. Um but they they end up picking again at 49. They take Quindary Weatherspoon. Uh, really, I think the only guy of note after that who would have fit needs was Jalen McDaniels, who I think has started playing better for the Hornets this year. Uh, 2020 draft, Spurs draft, Devin Vassell at 11. Seems like a fine pick. Uh, some notable guys after him. If you were going to draft another guard, Tyrese Halliburton was an option. Kira Lewis Jr. was one. Cole Anthony at 15. Uh, uh, some bigs, if we're you know if we're still going by needs of the team at the time, Isaiah Stewart was there. Sadiq Bey was there. Precious Achua was there. Zeke Naji might have been a reach, but he was there. Uh, Yudoka Azabuki at 27, another reach, but there. Um, you know, there, there are options. And then, of course, they picked Trey Jones at 41. You know, still don't fully know if that was the pick or not. It's probably still too early to tell. But one guy after him that I've really liked so far is Jordan Nawara for the Bucks. He's I thought he's played fairly well for them. Uh, Kmart Jr., another notable name, and that's uh, Paul Reed. A little bit he had he had a little bit of a run for a little while, but um, those are a couple of notable names. And then you know we go to this past year's draft, Spurs. Picking 12, they take Joshua Primo. Everybody is shocked, <laughs> um, speechless. I, I mean, if you watched if you watched that live draft I coverage was. with me on it, <laughs> you would have thought I died on screen for 30 seconds. But a couple of guys who have come after him, Chris Duarte, 
he was also a guy at the time who people thought was a reach, who has played really well, who's he's played better than his draft position this year. Uh, Corey Kispert at 15, a guy I really liked coming out of the draft, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, good shooter on the wing. Uh, if you were still going to draft, if you're the Spurs and you were still going to draft a guard, Trey Mann has played pretty well for the Thunder. I don't know if he would have been in quite the same situation since the Thunder are full rebuild and have no qualms about it. But they end up drafting, the Spurs draft Joe Wieskamp at 41, probably the right call. Uh, one guy I really do like after him, though, is Kessler Edwards, who the Nets got. And um, really after that, I mean, B.J. Boston has come on pretty strong for the for the Clippers. But that was a guy at the time who you you have no idea what he was going to do because he, he had just an awful season at Kentucky. So not picking him is completely justifiable. Um, now, that was kind of it. So, I mean, there, there were definitely some, some misses. There were opportunities to get, there were opportunities to get bigs or wings or at least shooters. And the Spurs didn't really take advantage of that in the last couple of drafts, knowing that they need those things and that uh, rather than going out in free agency and trying to find bigs to fill your slots. Yeah. I think we're getting near the juncture, you know, the turning point here for this team. Uh, Rudy, you know, our good friend Rudy Campos Jr., who couldn't be with us tonight, he did go ahead and give us a, a topic that I'm going to go ahead and talk about right now. He was saying how in, important this coming draft is going to be for the team. It's like a turning point. It's going to be very pivotal uh, for the future of the franchise. You know, what are they going to wind up doing? They they have opportunities to do something here, you know, and they definitely need to fill some needs here. You know, well, you've talked about it, too. Uh, ben, uh, you you had mentioned Drew Eubanks, and you're like Drew Eubanks isn't the guy, you know. <laughs> He's oh, not yeah, that okay. guy. We're gonna throw me under the bus now. <laughs> Ty Yeager's gonna be very upset with me. I, I like Ty very much. I don't like it when he's upset with me. He's very he's he's a nice guy. Um, <laughs> hey, two K agrees. Is it, what do they have him rated like dead last or something like that? In uh, okay, you in were worried. Or, I, first of all, I am not basing anything off two K ratings. I do not trust them. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Two right. K ratings. That is the rating. Are you kidding? Come no, sir. No, there's man. literally two thousand of those ratings, is what you're telling me, and I don't <laughs> need that. Thank you. Uh, no, but Drew, look, Drew Eubanks has developed really well. He has done much better than a lot of people thought he would in this league. He gets all of that credit. That is all him. All right. I do not want to take anything away from Drew Eubanks. All right. I will not come on here and I will not straight out slander him. But I will say this. It it does not make sense to me that Thad Young is not getting minutes, but Drew Eubanks is getting more. That's all I will say. And I will leave it at that. I will try and be as gentlemanly and cordial as possible. <laughs> I, I try I try to tell him, Ty. I did. I did. You know, so I'm not gonna say nothing bad about about Drew, got nothing but love for Drew. Hey, dude, so can I like, can I throw something out there real quick? It, it has bearing on this conversation. I, I just, you know, Ben, you covered the angles of the draft, and and I mean, you're absolutely right. There, there were some misses. There, there were some things. I, I don't necessarily think I'd mind who they drafted. My concern and my consideration is you, you just had fifty plus million dollars in this past off season, and and what did you get for that? You know, and the talk had been, and, and I agree with many people. Got a lot of question marks. Things. Because, yeah, I mean, again, you, you took a, a flyer on Zach Collins. We don't know what we have with Zach Collins because he hasn't played. That was right. the game. Uh, up till now, can we say that Doug McDermott is an answer? Was Is he the guy that takes them out of the three-point doldrums? No, not 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 yet. I mean, he hasn't played not enough. Not alone. He's been in and out. Not on the long stretch right now. I mean, it, I hate to say it, but for your $50 million, and you're not going to like this, Joe, but for your fifty million dollars, the best piece they got was Bryn Forbes. <laughs> I mean, and we, we got him at a discount, so you shut your mouth, Ben. I mean, Wesley. Yeah, yeah, listen, <laughs> it's, it's not because I love Bryn Forbes. It's just I, I, I think that's more when we talk about the direction and, and and having some heat come out on the on the actual you know front office. I, there had been some speculation early on in, in this in that free agency period, saying you know there's just not a lot. So my question was. Why didn't you take that fifty million and pocket it? If 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 you're not if you're not going to see something out there worth having, and you know that you yeah. already have kind of a flawed team to begin with, why not pocket some of that money, and and put that away for 
you know, a rainy day, i.e. this coming off season. Yeah. Um, in as much as they've had some misses in the, in the draft, I mean, Primo looks like he could be a special player. He's, he has a skill set that is strong, above average, better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Vassell, you know, I think he's going to be a strong player and a guy that didn't really get an off season last year and he's still produced and he's, you know, he's got his ups and downs this year, but he's more up than down. Um, but again, I think really the, 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 the thing that I wonder about with Brian Wright and with the Spurs front office at guys, and this is just an open-ended question is, are they going to have the cojones to move a Derek White, a Lonnie Walker, they're going to have to move somebody. Yeah, they're going to be because, forced to make a trade here soon. Yeah, and that's the thing. They haven't shown over time that they're willing to do that except for George Hill for the pick to get Kawhi Leonard. And I, I, I that's where my question mark really comes. You know, Ben's got Ben's got all the, the correct, you know, assessments with the draft. But I, I just think free agency-wise, everybody wants to give up on this team that they can't get free agents. Well, they had all the money in the world to do it, but why did they choose to squander that on pieces that, quite frankly, you know, you wouldn't probably give them a McDonald's Happy Meal for to some extent? So, well, well check this out, Wesley. The thing is, not even an In and Out Burger. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, no, oh, no, you don't. I wouldn't take In and Out if they gave it to me for free. But <laughs> a Water Burger, bro, Water Burger. But I was telling I... Wesley, this is the thing with the with the San Antonio Spurs right now. <clears throat> you know, as you stated, you know, all your reasonings behind, you know, questioning, you know, the front office and questioning what they're doing. The the Spurs still have some issues, you know, if they don't do something soon. I mean, this team is just going to be pretty bad for the foreseeable future. You know, even it's going to take even longer to to get back to that promised land, you know, and that's that's the, the frustrating part about the whole thing is it's just poor decision making. You know, at some point, you're going to have to pull the trigger. You're going to have to be forced to either do something sexy with the in, in the NBA draft or you're going to have to go ahead and make some some trades. You know, you're, you're going to have to do something at some point, you know, and I don't know real decisions, real decisions, point. you know, and I don't know if, if they necessarily are capable of doing that. That's the thing. You know, they they don't show that they would want to put their their name in the hat. You know, they, they kind of inquire, you know, they might get some calls about some players, but at the end of the day, I mean, a pick is a pick, you know, I mean, if you, if you can get some picks, that's a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, but you have to look at, at what you have right now, the the quality of the product, you know, and, and it's still in flux. It's still a work in progress. Don't get me wrong. You still see a lot of the young core still developing, still coming along. But not every single person is going to pan out. Uh, case in point, we do have Lonnie Walker, who has an expiring contract coming up at the end of this season. He's gotten a little bit better as the season has waned on. But has he, though? There's still a lack of consistency. You know, he's getting better. Don't get me wrong. And I think his real role should have just been having him be a three and D kind of player. I think yeah. they kind of missed the mark on that. They wanted to see how he was going to develop, develop as an offensive player. I don't really think that was a strong suit with his his athletic ability, uh, his speed. He's a great defender. You know, he has the athletic ability to get up there and block shots, you know, be able to guard defenders out there on the wing. I think if they would have just developed him in, as a three and deep type of player and just, hey, it's a plus if we get six or eight points out of him a night. Hey, that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, because he's shown that he is decent on defense. You know, he can get up there with the best of them. But I think it's kind of too little too late. I, I think at this point, they're going to wind up letting him walk, you know, because the asking price might be a little bit too high. And again, they had 50 mil, but now they don't have that coming into the offseason. So decisions are going to have to be made. You might have to say goodbye to some of these players that you have helped develop. And the sad thing is we always go and see these players leave and it looks like they flourish with other teams and sometimes they flourish with your rivals and that's the scary yep. part. So what is your assessment, Ben? Do you think that oh boy. Lonnie Walker, for example, is going to be a spur next season or he, does he going to be, like I said, one of these guys where they let him walk because the asking price might be too high and he goes and gets picked up by one of our rivals or another team in the Western conference. That is tough. Uh, 
man, I really wish they had just made a decision on him this summer or last summer, rather. <sighs> Having said that, it, he had not done enough to convince them to give them a contract. So I guess they did make a decision, just not the one everybody wanted to see. Uh, man, that is really tough. I, I, I think he's shown enough that they should try and keep him, but I have a feeling that price is going to be too high. Someone's, someone's going to put just enough of a poison pill contract together or just enough of, uh, of a number that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. I think the Spurs are going to say, not for that money, we're good. They're going to say, okay, we're going to go ahead and let him walk. Yeah, we'll find someone else. Thank so you. does that mean that they're going to put their stock in Primo? I would assume that means their stock goes into Primo. That's not yes. necessarily a bad thing because the kid's shown that he can play. He's got game. You know, it's another guy who has shown flashes. Yes, at some point they have to become more than a flash, though. Yeah, but okay. So this is the I, I hate to ask a question and, and answer with a question, but <laughs> if we think Primo is could be the guy, and Ben and and Joe, you both you know see more from the G League on a daily basis than I do, but. I, I've been of the opinion with Primo that what's happening right now, and, and it's unfortunate that they're they're going through COVID issues. That's you know, you don't want to see that. But the the kid has has played meaningful minutes. He's gone out on the floor, done himself right. They did this with Vassell last year. Why not keep him in the rotation? Because he's learning more on the fly against better competition, against Kevin Durant, and against you know. These other great players on on this trip that they were on recently, and then even last night, why not just keep him there? I realize that the Spurs' way has always been to try to develop in the G League, bring him up, you know, let them get ease into the role. But this is not the time to to really try to say we need this to be a year long project. Why why not just you know you've got the staff, you've got guys there, you've got people to mentor him. Why not allow him to do that uh, and, and stay with the A squad instead of going down to the G League? Because it's not the Spurs way. The Spurs way is sending people over to the G League for development. You know, and that's the thing that really upsets uh, Spurs fans. If you go ahead and just want to continuously develop your your players, you know, especially your rookies, and they're promising, you know, you're losing two years by, in my opinion, by letting them develop over in the G League instead of seeing what you really have in said player. Because then you can Amen. go ahead and make a better assessment and say, this kid really has something. He's showing us something. I think we're going to go ahead and really work with him and develop him. Or you know what? It's just not working out. We might have to go ahead and pull the trigger and make a trade while he still has some value. You know, the thing is, is the Spurs make bad decisions because they hang on to players too long and then their value drops. And by the time the value drops, they're not going to really get nothing for them. So what happens? They wind up walking. Or they wind up getting bought out, which is a bad look for the San Antonio Spurs, by the way. I think it sends a wrong message to other players in the league. Hey, if you come over here, the Spurs are just going to sit you on the bench. doesn't matter if you're not injured. You know, they might buy you out and just keep you, you know, they're going to keep you here before they buy you out. And then they'll send you packing. I mean, what, what does that say to other players? You know, prospective veterans that want to come to this team, you know, they've it just doesn't look good for the team overall, you know, and then not having a direction of, of where you're going to me, it's just a recipe for disaster waiting to happen. You know, I, I don't yeah, like it. You're, you're definitely asking for something bad to happen. Um, the other problem is you have 17 players on a roster and there is not a chance in hell that you're playing all 17 of those guys every single night. Shoot. No. You're, you're barely there. There are some coaches who have an even shorter bench than that. They go maybe 10 guys, you know, normal, normal guys. You probably have 10, 12 rotation guys. It's hard. I get it. It's hard to come up with rotations. It is hard to figure these things out and, and try and get people minutes where you can. Having said that, some of playing time should be dictated by that contract number. And that kind of brings us back to Thad Young, where you want a veteran leadership guy just in your locker room. Five mil is fine. Robin Lopez is doing that for the Magic right now. He's getting paid five mil, and he's a, he's a locker room guy. And he's fine with that. He understands that, and he's cool with it. Thad Young is not cool with that. 
He wants to play, and I get it. I would want to play if I were him too. He is a good player who can contribute to a team that wants to win. Yeah, and he should be given the opportunity to do so, especially because you're paying him fourteen million dollars, well, almost fourteen point two million dollars to be precise. Right. So he's not a rookie. He's not on a rookie contract. He's not. He's not a guy who's trying to prove himself. You know what Thad Young is. You know what he can do. Stop messing around. It's that simple. Yeah, but I'd like to go ahead and transition to another topic here because one thing that we haven't really talked a lot about, but we did talk about this uh, yesterday for Project Spurs on the Spurs Rewind. So if you haven't gone to see it, go make sure you check that out over on the Project Spurs social media uh, you know, outlets, including their YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that as well because me and John and Vicky we're, we're uh, really talking about low-key how Jakob Portal has had one of his best seasons uh, as a player with the San Antonio Spurs. And that's after the fact that when the Spurs went ahead and extended him, but we got the hometown discount. Uh, Jakob Portal was drafted by the Toronto Raptors back in the 2016-2017 season. At that point, you know, his rookie season, he was only averaging 3.1 points a game. You know, he had 0.2 assists a game, 0.3 steals, you know, blocks 0.4, not very Yaka Portal-ish, you know, but now you look and fast forward to 2021, the 2022 season, he's averaging 12.4 points a game, which is the highest he's ever averaged throughout his career. Uh, blocks, he's averaging 1.4 blocks a game, 0.7 steals, 2.7 assist, and then we go ahead and look at his offensive rebounds, he's averaging 4.1. Free throw shooting percentage is abysmal, but it, it you know, it's 3. It's always been that way. 0.391. It, it's not very good. No bueno there. 39%. Lord. So then you look, okay, let's go ahead and see what his field goal shooting percentage is. It's not that bad. It's 0.597 is what he's averaging uh, for the se- season thus far, and it hasn't finished yet. All in all, Jakob Portal is looking every bit as a solid starter, a uh, solid starting center. You know, so he's been the second most consistent player on the team behind one DeJounte Murray, who's having an all-star caliber season, you know? So what do you got to say about Jakob Portal? We'll start with you, Wesley. Okay. Did we ever seem to think that when the Spurs team was going to come out this year, that we would say the top two players that they legitimately have are DJ, which, okay, I think most people would say that's probable, and Jakob Portal. I mean, legitimately, that's the two best players on the squad and, and consistently every night. Um, I, I tell you what's been impressive uh, about Jakob is that, number one, his, he's been more aggressive um, around the rim. Uh, I, I think, you know, there still are times that he frustrates you, that he brings the ball down and still gets the ball stripped. But he's been more aggressive offensively. Uh, he, he's, he takes that pop shot and... I swear to you, every time he gets that ball in the lane from DeJounte, he makes it. That's. I wonder how many of DeJounte's assists have been to Jakob Ertl, to be honest with you. would love to see that. I would love to see that, too. I, and I, I, I really think that it's quite a bit. Um, but it's also, he's shown a little bit of nasty, to kind of quote Pop. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, there's been some times <laughs> when, he, when people have tried to dunk on his head, and he's come back down on the floor and, like, threw down some vicious dunks, or he's tried to take people's heads off. And, you know, I... I like that. I, I had this argument with with my coworker um, just the other day, and we were talking about you know the best defensive centers in the league. And I said, you know, I, I honestly think that after Rudy Gobert, you'd be hard pressed to find a better defensive center um, in this league right now than Jakob Pertl. Um, just he really has, has has improved his his lateral movement. Um, he's you know he's understanding spacing a little bit better. He, he, he you know it, it just. His whole game all around has really improved, and uh, he's never gonna—he's never gonna be, you know, give me the ball in the post. Let me make five moves, Tim Duncan style. It's not gonna be like that. But for what they got, Joe, like you said, for what they were expecting, um, dare I say, I think, oh, in the long run, the Spurs won that trade because you ended up getting a Keldon Johnson, and and you got Jakob Pertle. That to stay to to have as a as somebody who I think is could be the, the anchor of that uh, of that team with Dejounte for for quite a while. So um, yeah, I mean you can't help but be impressed by it. Uh, his free throw shooting, 
Yeah, he's still better off than Ben Simmons ever was. So, uh, well, Ben Simmons know, is shooting zero from the line this year. That's so. right. He is There's that. But nonetheless, um, he's still got parts of his game to improve. There's no doubt. But in free throw shooting is part of it. But I, I, I yeah, I, he's man. He's he's having a banner year. Would you say, Ben, that Yaka Portal is a better version of another center that the Spurs had? And one, Rasho Nesterovich. I thought you were going to say for Bruce Joe Alberto. Uh, yeah, I could. I mean, I could see that. I wouldn't argue with that. Right. I, I like Blockham Pirtle. He's been great. He's he is everything you. He's more than everything you wanted him to be as a Spurs fan. So that's a win. He again, like Wesley mentioned, he really has to clean up the free throws. There is absolutely no excuse for any human to be shooting less than I will give you big men shoot. Don't shoot it well, but you should not be shooting less than 55% from the free throw line. And and frankly, it should be 60 because there's just no way you could, you could replicate your Papa shot form and shoot better than what he does right now. That's the that's the only part of his game that frustrates me. Everything else has been fantastic. Like like you said, blocks. He's been aggressive. He's he's been a leader at times for this team. And I, I wish I actually wish he would be a more aggressive leader at times, if anything. So I'm I'm in on block on Jakob Pertl, dude. You don't have to convince me. I'm in. He needs to shoot granny style free free throws. Listen, that, that man. Work. If it goes in the hoop and it works, who cares? Yeah. It was good enough for Rick Barry. It's good enough for Jakob Pertl. Damn right. Try it. Jakob Pertl. You know, one of the things we didn't talk about is we didn't talk about his passing ability, which has been pretty darn good this season. He's been able to find the open man, you know, finding some of his teammates, doing those backdoor cuts, moving well without the ball, you know. So that's a good thing. You know, I, I like that uh, facet of his game. It goes unnoticed a lot of times, I think, is the ability of the big man to actually find the open guy, you know, the passing ability of the big man. And I think Yaka Portal's done a decent enough job. Now, is he going to be an NBA all-star caliber player? No, but he's going to be a solid player, you know, and that's what you're going to get out of the guy. Spurs fans are either going to love him or hate him. I mean, it could be a lot worse. Let's put it like that. At least you have a solid player who is your second most consistent player on the team. It's not a bad thing, you know, <clears throat> but as we start moving forward again, you know, transitioning to another topic of discussion here, I'd like to go ahead and shed some, let's say, light on the Spurs season because right now it looks abysmal, you know, <laughs> and we all had kind of predicted that this was going to happen at some juncture, that the Spurs are going to be hard to get to 30 wins. You know, I had said they'd probably be about 28 or 30. I think the consensus was some of you all had said 30 or 32 wins. That looks like a very likely scenario. You, oh no, Wesley, you you were probably drunk when you go. said that. <laughs> you said forty four, really? Oh, Wesley, that was my that was my high ceiling. I said oh, forty four high ceiling. Oh, that's oh, that's yeah, that's I mean, that's a ceiling. This, this is, is like a this is why you don't take ceiling, lottery. Sure. You don't take lottery advice from Wes Perkins. You don't. Just oh, don't. Man, You're and not. we had made a bet before the season started. The one that was the furthest away from the magic number, which was going to be 30 or 32 has to buy the rest of the squad beer. That's right. You get a, you get a punishment instead. You get a punishment. I'm down for that. Even though it wasn't a thing. So I'll still do that. (laughs) I'll own it. Love it. Place your order now. uh, That's right. (laughs) I need, I need a Spurs limited can from Joe. That's actually what I'm, what I'm, uh, that's what I want. Oh, I have some back here. I don't know if you can see. Oh, them, I know. I know you got some got back there, Joe. I got I a couple. One. Yeah, I got a couple. But I got some other stuff that I'm brewing up right now. Actually, I got a new batch of beer that's going to be put into my fermenter, as you can see behind me here. Ooh. So that's going to be some Spurs-themed beer that's going to be brewing this week. So got to wait about a month, month and a half for everything to percolate and, you know, kind of age the way it's supposed to before it's actually drinkable. So it's a process. If it's Spurs themed beer, does it have no direction to? Oh, no, don't do that. This one, that. This one has a very, Wesley. very purposeful flavor wow, uh, profile absolutely. that I'm going for. So, just rude. as I get closer <laughs> to releasing that, I'll let you all know what it is. But it's going to be a surprise. Maybe I can send some over to you guys, but we'll see. Because every time I go to the post office, they're like, do you have liquids in there, sir? 
I'm like, what is these guys? (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Can't ship liquids or batteries. They're like, you do have a battery in that box. Can't mess with the battery stuff. That's true. So we do have the NFL wild card weekend coming up here. And I don't know about you, Ben, but me and Wesley are big cowboy fans. And this is an NFL team. This is, this is how I'm able to make fun of everybody. Okay, well, I, we have a team, That's and the team is the Dallas Cowboys. So we're excited that the Cowboys are going to be going up against one of their rivals here in the 49ers. Now, I was okay. looking to see what's happening, you know, who's injured, who's not injured. It looks like the 49ers are going to be rolling in with, you know, a full squad here. You know, Trent Williams, the, you know, the tackle, he's going to be available. It looks like running back Elijah Mitchell is going to be Available, they return to practice, you know, even uh, Garoppolo, you know, he's kind of taking it easy a little bit because he's still nursing that thumb injury. He looks like he's going to be ready to go, you know, against the Dallas Cowboys. And on the Cowboys end, we have some news to report here. (laughs) And it's reported that Amari Cooper is being fined by the NFL $14,000, $14,650 for violating the COVID-19 protocols for unvaccinated players because he went to a Mavs versus Warriors game way back on January the 5th. Dude. Hashtag dumbass. What the F, man? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, it's like, come on, man. Continuing the Dallas Cowboy tradition of not being focused on what's important. Classic. Exactly. Well, we wouldn't expect anything else, Wesley. This always happens. The Dallas Cowboys always seem to be draped in drama and this is no different but as we come you know to the the matchup that is going to be the san francisco 49ers we remember the catch that was not said you know said a catch with you know number 88 that's got it that was a catch wesley i have to pause because it still upsets me because des knows and everybody else knows that that damn well was a catch that was a catch you know so we got to look forward to Okay, let's look beyond the catch, you know, and and see what's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen here, Wesley, with the Cowboys going up against the 49ers? You know, it's two teams that kind of want to do similar things. Um, You know, the Dallas Cowboys. Well, (laughs) yeah, the the Cowboys running game hasn't been very good for a little while. Um, You mean Zeke hasn't been very good for quite a while. Although, Joe, and this is something to report, too, um, he's been completely medically clear now of that knee uh they've told him he doesn't need to wear the brace but he's going to anyway he said he just likes it for stability's sake um so i i think that it's really going to kind of come down to which team uh controls the line of scrimmage you know it's aggressive defense by by uh you know san francisco um you know got good rushers got uh you know solid defenders across the board they want to slow the game down they want to run the ball chew the clock uh, Garoppolo, I mean, the question mark is really, you know, going to be how, I mean, how, 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 how healthy really is that thumb? Because we know, I mean, there's certain injuries for athletes that, you know, are a little bit worse for the sport that you play and a thumb injury for a quarterback is, that's pretty significant. You know, the accuracy and the level of grip that you're not able to get on the ball. And, um, in particular, you get that thing hit a couple of times and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough sled. Um, I just think it depends on which Dallas Cowboys, and don't we say this every week, I think it depends on which Dallas Cowboys shows up. Um, on paper, um, the Cowboys should win this you know, by two or three touchdowns um, because, again, you've got a great receiving core. You've got a, you know, your offensive line seems like it's fully intact. You've got uh, you know, two capable running backs, and you've got the Dallas defense coming back again in its, in its fullness with uh, – Michael Parsons looking like he's coming out of the, the protocols and, uh, you know, but again, we've seen them do, you know, inexplicable things. You know, we've seen the offense have, you know, murmurs of just being awful. And then at times like, like last week, the, the defense just looked like they couldn't stop anybody. So I, you know, I, 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 I hate to make predictions cause I'm a big believer in karma and in, especially in superstition, you know, but, um, I do think the Cowboys win this. Uh, I think it'll be tighter than it probably needs to be, but I'll, I'll say Cowboys 28 uh, and I'll go uh, Niners 24. Well, the Cowboys defense looked pretty good against the the lowly Eagles, but the Eagles managed to limp into the playoffs as well. So I guess it says something for the man. NFC East, you know? Yeah, two man, teams making on, the playoffs, man. man. Also, 49ers are trash, all right? I don't care what anyone says. 
They are wildly overrated, which of course means that Dallas is going to win, but it's going to be way closer than it should be. The 49ers love their drama. Very excited to see Rob Lowe in a very generic NFL hat for that game. Well, my prediction is I think the Cowboys are going to give us some more drama, you know, on Sunday oh at 3 o'clock. What's going to happen, I think the Cowboys will come out of the gate, come out swinging. They might put up a lead before halftime, Wesley. Look good, you know, maybe put up some more points in the third quarter. Might be something in the neighborhood of, I don't know, maybe 27 to 13, something like that. They're going to look like they're going to run away with it, but we know the Cowboys. And what's going to happen in that fourth quarter? Some things are going to happen. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> Some things are going to happen. There you go. So that's An that's going to be the true test. INT. Yeah, that's going to be the true test to see how they can go ahead and close out that fourth quarter. You know, play some just solid defense on the line. I, I think they can have they have a good chance of winning the game. But the, the problem is, is we don't know what team is going to show up on any given Sunday with the Cowboys. You know, is 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 Dak going to come out and, and play a great game, a solid game? Or is he just going to shit the bed and throw interceptions? You know, it's like, what's going to happen here? Are they going to stop the run and they're going to be forced to, you know, to just be a passing a passing team, you know, and just pass the ball? Well, we're going to see because everybody's just going to throw their bag of tricks out at each other because this is for everything. You know, to keep you win and you keep going, you keep playing. You know, so. I mentioned this to Duel the other day, Chris, uh, to uh, to Chris Duel the other day, and, and I, Joe, I I think part of this is some of the the blame for Dak. I mean, it's obvious. There's some of it that's you know inaccuracies and just weird stuff. But you know, he's had multiple plays where he's made a big play, or the team has had a 20 plus yard gain called back by penalty. I mean, let's be honest, it's self inflicted. I, I really – and God, do I really want to say I want them to go to the Super Bowl. Gosh, do I want that to happen. But I'll tell you this. They didn't address the kicking situation. And <laughs> You don't believe if, in Zerline? <laughs> if you're in a close game situation or even in a situation where you need the momentum to go your way, I think I think it keeps them out of the NFC Championship game, to be honest. I think Greg DeLeg is probably going to be one of the reasons why they don't advance, to be oh, real. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, thank God, but you know, when you go into the playoffs, you can go into more than one overtime. So you have that saving grace. You know, but again, if you're relying on the kicker to win you the game, I don't know, man. Zerline's got that shaky leg, dude. But do you even <laughs> trust him to kick extra points, man? I I, I swear to God, I, I I just look away. I'm just like, look away. If that's the case, if you don't trust him to to, to kick the extra point and it's gonna be good. Go for two, man. What do you got to lose? Amen. I mean, they might just have to do that. Line up and go for two. You know, you're two yards away. You've got a running game. Hey, just do it. Go for two. There you go, man. So me and and, and Wesley here believe that the Cowboys will come out of this victorious. I know you don't got a dog in this fight, Ben, but give us something, man. What do you think? Cowboys winning. Uh, And just to spite Wesley, Greg the Leg is going to be the reason they're in. Oh, no, man. (laughs) Because he's going to miss a PAT and they're going to be forced to go for two on a later possession. <laughs> there you go. That way, then. Big brain. <clears throat> yeah, but I, I think after this, the Cowboys might be done, Wesley. Those uh, Super Bowl hopes are all but going to vanish. They're going to pop. The bubble's going to burst because the talent at that, at that other level, uh, once you get past you know the 49ers, if you, in fact, do, it's going to be a little bit tougher. You Joe, know? I, think, I think they beat the Buccaneers. Oh man, no! And then I think they, I think they're going to get slaughtered against Green Bay. I, to be honest, <laughs> that very might well be a scenario that plays out. But I believe the Buccaneers. Who are they playing? Um, they've got the the Beagles, the Philadelphia Beagles. Woof woof. Yeah, oh, no, the Eagles. It's the Eagles in the in the in Tampa Bay. So you know Tampa Bay is going to advance. But I'll tell you this about Tampa Bay just quickly. You know, with it's kind of about, I mean, everybody's talking about the drama that that Antonio Brown has caused, but it's more significant than people want to admit because you had Godwin go out with injury earlier and now you're down, a, you know, as as, you know, as serious as the, the things are that he's he's been doing for that against that team um, being kicked off that team. I mean, yeah, you got Gronk. Yeah, you still got Mike Evans, but that's significant to not have two of your big weapons um, in the playoffs. Yeah, that was one of the strangest uh, 
scenarios that I've ever seen or strangest things I've ever seen. I mean, that NFL was stranger game. than anything T.O. has ever done. It's oh It God, was it out there, man. That that was out well, that there. That says like, a lot. Wow. Uh, I do not say that lightly, sir. A.B., he's got some issues, man. It's like you can't keep your... He has a lot he has to work through as a human being. He needs needs to be able to keep his emotions in check. I just think he lets them get the best of him. And once that happens, we see the effect, you know, the the product of that. He just... To just leave a game, you know, before it's even over. And then you're just kind of running and waving hot bye to everybody. And I mean, dude, that's a debacle of... (laughs) <laughs> of no end you know i think that clearly just sent a message saying this is his last tenure in the nfl i don't i don't think any other team would be desperate enough to touch him not even jerry not even Jarrah will touch him <laughs> oh i hope he i hope he doesn't wesley we can pray that he does oh. not no they jerry. don't need him they, no they don't now like, like, as, as as serious as we always talk about things the Dallas Cowboys have a very balanced and good squad. They don't need to have anything to do with Antonio Brown ever, yeah. ever. Well, they have a lot of talent, but the problem is it just never pans out for them. You know, hopefully this season will be a little bit different. Maybe they get to the championship game. That would be, to me, a, a, a moral victory, <laughs> yeah. you know, if that in fact does happen. I, I don't, I just don't see it. You know, I think they might win against the 49ers and that'll be it. That's all she wrote, you know. See you next season. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. But we're going to go ahead and end the show on that note. And as we go ahead and go around the horn here, we'll start with you, Ben. Where can they go ahead and find you on social media and interact with you? And, you know, maybe even ask you some questions about some draft picks. Oh, my God. Please ask me all of the questions. I am begging you. Use my knowledge. I'm begging you. I'm like Palpatine over here. Um, You can find me on Twitter at the underscore boomsteam and that is it don't bother me anywhere else i don't want to talk to you on facebook i want i want you emailing me that's my personal email i don't need that and yeah, we Twitter, might get- i'll answer any question you want though I'll, I'll even use all 280 characters if you want you just let me know i'll answer any question i will i will get into a fake argument with you so you can tell your employer that you you need this time to to properly respond to this bozo on twitter i don't care we'll make it happen we'll make something happen all right and of course nba college football college basketball especially the draft especially college basketball inject it straight into my veins hit me and there you go make sure you go and follow ben and wesley where can they follow you on social media at wesley pert and and speaking of uh injecting into your veins there ben (laughs) no how about my Texas Tech Red oh, Raiders? Oh, Lord. I knew it was Thank coming. you very much. I knew it was coming. Hey. Guns and, up. Oh. And we see they, they followed up a uh, great win and, and shorthandedly against Kansas with that wonderful win on the road, a defensive masterpiece against Baylor, and they win by 20-plus tonight against Oklahoma State. You love to see it. You got to love it. Go Red Raiders. Wreck them. Um, you know, uh, yeah, give me a follow, uh, you know, hit me up. We're obviously at right now is a lot of red Raider stuff, but I let, you know, much like Ben, I, I, I just, I, I, I just breathe in college basketball and just love it. Um, you know, I, I, I really love all the content that both Joe and, and Ben put out. I felt like a proud dad the other day, Ben, I kind of mentioned this in, on Twitter. Uh, my former student, he, he played trumpet in, in, uh, in the band in, in Seguin, Texas was uh, Trace Ronning who actually is, uh, or, uh, works with Project Spurs. And uh, and so I, I was sitting there watching Ben and, and Trace have a discussion about NBA arenas and, and Orlando, and I was like, I, it just feels like a warm hug. Look, these are people connected. <laughs> yes, together. as he was talking <laughs> trash about Orlando. <laughs> so anyway, uh, no, at Wesley Perk, I'd love to talk sports, uh, just you know about anything and everything, and in pop culture, lots of good stuff going on. Boba Fett, man, good stuff. <sighs> Man, really don't stuff, don't talk so. to Jeff about Jeff Garcia about Boba Fett, dude. Oh, is he upset with that too? Yeah, he don't like it. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah rinse and repeat. That's okay. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but it is for me. That's right. Yeah, but you know what? Just just as we're talking right now, it looks like the Texas Tech Red Raiders did defeat Oklahoma State. The Oklahoma State Cowboys, seventy-eight fifty-seven. Looks like the Jeez. Red Raiders are now thirteen and three, Jeez. and they are ranked nineteenth. So there you go, Wesley. 
Wreck them. <laughs> all right. You can also follow me at Two Shots Podcast, and it's all spelled out. TWO Two Shots Podcast on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, everywhere across social media. So just look it up, Two Shots Podcast. So that's about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. We greatly appreciate you guys listening and appreciate your continued support. So for Benjamin Bornstein and Wesley Perkins, I'm Joe Garcia. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out, peace.